Welcome to Big Dave's Racing Podcast, sponsored by, well, we don't have a sponsor yet, but we'll have one soon. Till then, buckle up and get ready for the ride. Welcome to another episode of Big Dave's Racing Podcast. This will be number episode number 13. Um, yeah, folks, we've got lots of news to talk about this week. We have, uh, boy, um, NASCAR was in Phoenix last weekend. The Xfinity and the Cup Series is there. The World of Outlaw Late Model Series was in Tennessee last weekend. we got Supercross. They were in action again last weekend. Uh, just all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, got a bunch of stuff to talk about, a bunch of stuff to uh coming up this weekend lots of races so i hope you all buckle up and get ready for the ride formula one news all right folks let's talk about some f1 news well uh, we got a little bit from last week and we got a lot coming up here uh it was announced sergio sete camera will serve as red bull's official test and reserve driver for the upcoming formula one season um i think he just split with mclaren so uh, and I think he used to run for Red Bull back in the day, and now he's joined back with Red Bull uh, for this season. Uh, next up, we got the Bahrain Grand Prix on March 22nd. So that'll be in a couple weeks. We'll be run without spectators due to the coronavirus. Uh, the race will be televised. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, I understand this virus is spreading stuff, uh, and it is the country's decision but uh yeah so it looks like the Bahrain grand prix in a couple weeks will be run without spectators um yeah it will be televised uh i know i've read some stuff people's like well what's the point of running the race if if uh, you're not going to have fans and stuff well fans can still watch on tv um that that that's the biggest market uh really you think about it you're gonna have more fans watching on tv than you are at the event itself so as long as you can keep it on the schedule it sucks for the fans in bahrain that was going to go to the event and stuff like that hopefully the uh they'll get refunds on their ticket prices and stuff like that uh and it hasn't inconvenienced them uh too much um but i'm probably sure it has but yeah um it looks like uh, we'll be watching that one on TV. I would be anyway. I wouldn't be over in Bahrain, uh, even if the virus wasn't going out. Uh, yeah, and next up, uh, this weekend is the F1 season opener in Australia, uh, the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, Valtteri Botas is the defending Grand Prix winner. He opened the season last year with a victory down there. Um yeah, there was some talk about uh, whether this Australian Grand Prix would even take place. Um, organizers said that they will uh, run the event this weekend. Um, last I've heard, it is a go. Um, they are uh, Ferrari and Alfatari. Uh, the teams uh, from Italy, they are traveling to Australia. There's already some team members that's been to Australia already uh, since last week uh, getting set up for this event and yeah um yeah I, i'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the australian grand prix kind of sucks because uh it's so early early in the morning i think the event will run at like 3 a.m eastern daylight savings time uh so i will not be staying up for that 
usually my rule of thumb for the Australian Grand Prix is to uh, go to bed, wake up first thing in the morning, have it DVR'd, do not look at my phone or social media or anything, uh, and turn the race on and watch it. Granted, I won't be watching it live, but um, I can't stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch uh, a Grand Prix race. Uh, it'll throw my sleep schedule off too much, but... Um, if some of you guys out there are going to watch it live, hey, kudos to you. Um, but I will not be watching it live. Uh, that, that, I think that's the main one that sucks throughout the whole schedule um, is usually the Australian Grand Prix. There are a couple that's early, like 7 o'clock starts in the morning our time, uh, 6 o'clock starts. Now, those I will get up for to watch um, on Sunday mornings. So that kind of starts my Sundays off. Uh, watching the f1 races every two weeks and then you got nascar following that so uh but yeah i'll quit rambling on about that um and i did read um before i recorded this uh show uh that f1 is going to be putting portable uh coronavirus portable coronavirus um stations at each event um for the time being uh, quarantine areas so portable quarantine coronavirus stations uh at these events and i'm sure they'll be at australia coming this weekend so that's mm, that's kind of odd and also um also want to make note that if you have netflix i highly recommend you watching the f1 drive to survive series um they did it last year on netflix 10 episodes and they're completely freaking awesome see uh get a good behind the scenes look at f1 uh and last year some of the big big teams didn't participate notably uh ferrari and mercedes uh they were too secretive on their information and stuff but they did join the cast this year so it's all the teams uh 10 teams and f1 participated so pretty much each episode has uh is kind of highlights each team uh in an event during uh their season and stuff like that so it's really cool if you got netflix i highly recommend it it will be worth your time to watch that series um and then also just another little tidbit before i forget i'm no i'm dragging on the f1 news here but um i mentioned that the australian grand prix was this weekend and there was already crew members there last week and stuff like that so what some people don't know is they actually have if you watch Formula One races, they have these real fancy garages set up and stuff uh, at each Grand Prix race, and they usually race every every two weekends. So a lot of people don't realize this, but they actually have a separate team that goes in a week before the race, uh, say the, the week before the race, and will set up the garage area and stuff for that particular team. So they have like two sets of... Uh, pit equipment garage equipment and everything um at their disposal and when one's set up and at the track being used the other one is either on a ship or a plane or or whatnot uh, on its way to the next grand prix event and then those guys will show up and get that set up for a week ahead of time uh so yeah that's just kind of a tidbit so that's why there's people down there last week um they were setting up the garages and stuff for the teams and yeah i just thought i'd throw that in there and 
next week I will have all the Australian Grand Prix news. Um, who won? Um, who's going to be strong this year? Is Mercedes going to dominate? Is Ferrari that far behind like they say they are? Is Racing Point going to make a splash and finish on the podium in Australia? Who knows? But I guess we'll find out come this weekend. And next week, Big Dave's Racing Podcast show will have the results. And I can't wait to talk about it next week. ARCA News. All right, folks, let's talk about some ARCA news. ARCA Racing news and stuff. Um, Chad Bryant Racing announced that Christian McGee would make his ARCA Menard Series debut. Uh, and it ended up being last Friday at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, he drove the number 22 Ford Mustang for Chad Bright Racing. Um, yeah. So the ARCA Series run at Phoenix Raceway um, this past Friday. Uh, it was their um, second event of the year. And I did not get to watch this event. I went camping, so I did not get to see this event. But I will tell you about it. Uh, it's a general tire 150. It's 150 laps on a one-mile paved track at Phoenix Raceway at Avondale, Arizona. Uh, the time of the race was an hour and 54 minutes and 25 seconds, which actually, that's kind of a long race for ARCA Series. Uh, two hours, that's that's pushing it. Um, the average speed was 78.66 miles an hour. The pole speed was 130.876 miles an hour. And the pole sitter was Ty Gibbs in the Monster Energy uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota Camry. Uh, there was eight caution flags for 56 laps. The margin of victory was .303 seconds. Uh, and there were four lead changes uh, among, mm, I'm thinking among, let's see here, three drivers. All right. So with that, um, I'll go through the finishing order here. Um, picking up the win uh, in their second win of the season, Venturini Motorsports uh, and Chandler Smith driving a number 20 JBL audio uh, Toyota Camry. Picked up the victory after starting thir in third place. Michael Self, the Daytona uh, 200 winner, he finished in second place. Ty Gibbs, uh, who led the most laps of the race, he led 122 laps and dominated. Um, he finished third, uh, and also make note, Chandler Smith only led 11 laps in this race. Um, going back to the finishing order, uh, number 17, Tanner Gray, and the DJR Crosley Motorsports uh, Ford Performance Ford finished fourth. Fifth was Zane Smith. Sixth was Nick Sanchez. Seventh was Haley Deegan. Eighth was Chase Cabray. Ninth was Lawless Allen. Tenth was Gio Selzy. 11th was Dawson Cram, Christian McGee was 12th, Takuma Koga was 13th, the Japanese driver, um, Drew Dollar was 14th, Brett Holmes was 15th, Jesse Love was 16th, Armani Williams was 17th, Thad Moffitt, Richard Petty's grandson, was 18th, let's see, 19th was Tom Birdie, 20th was Sam Mayer. He ended his winning streak. Uh, he was involved. Uh, well, he actually had a, a radiator issue in the event. Howie DeSavano III finished 21st. Gracie Trotter finished 22nd. 
Tim Richmond finished 23rd, and Ryan Huff uh, rounded out the field in 24th place. Um, the only driver that, well, he didn't make the trip out there, Brad Smith. Um, he was going to try to go out and run in the number 48 James Hilton Motorsports um, Chevrolet, but they did not get the engine change in time for that event. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I assume it's a pretty good event. It's their first time at uh, Phoenix Raceway. I know Ty Kibbs dominated the event pretty much, and he got out to, um, I don't know, eight, nine-second lead at one time, from what I understand. Uh, and, yeah, so Chandler Smith, um, he picked up the win. I, I don't know how many wins that. He's got a few wins in the ARCA Series now. And let's see here. So the point standings in the Arkham Menard Series after uh, the two first two races of the season, Michael Self is in the points lead. Uh, he is 12 points ahead of Haley Deegan. Drew Dollar is third. Tanner Grace fourth. Fifth is Thad Moffitt. Uh, and he is tied with Brett Holmes. Seventh is Chandler Smith. Eighth is Tim Richmond. Ninth is Ty Gibbs. Ryan Huff is 10th, Sean Core is 11th, Zane Smith is 12th, Nick Sanchez is 13th, and he is tied with Jason White. So that rounds out essentially the top 15 of the point standings in the Arkham Menards series. Um, and I do want to make note that the Arkham Menards East series is running at Five Flag, Five Flag Speedway this weekend at Pensacola, Florida. Uh, and they do have, uh, is a, uh, Steven Nassi, um, he is going to be in an event for Jet Motorsports. He run the Arkham Menards East event, New Smyrna, and finished sixth. Um, not a big fan of him. He's kind of a mouthy guy, but <laughs> he's a super late model regular. Uh, he won the Derby, Snowball Derby last year, got disqualified, um, and yeah, he he'll be racing in that event at Pensacola, so I'm pretty sure he'll be strong in the race. And also, this is a big one. Bubba Pollard. Uh, it was announced today that he will be driving the number 17 uh, DJ uh, DGR Crosley Ford for uh, um, DGR Crosley Racing. David Gravel and Bola Masses. So. Hopefully, I'd like to see him pick up a, a good performance down there, ARCA, ARCA race. Uh, Bubba Pollard, I think, is a really talented driver, probably one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country in late mile racing uh, on pavement. So be interesting to see what that event brings up uh, this weekend. And, of course, I will have all those results next week uh on the show and that wraps up this week's arca series news supercross news in this week's supercross news round 10 of the ama monster energy supercross series took the bikes to the historic daytona international raceway for a solid night of racing first up in the 250 class the heat race winners were garrett marchbanks and shane McElrath. The last chance qualifier winner was Jalik Swall. Uh, the main event saw Garrett Marchbanks get the whole shot lead at the start and dominate the main event, picking up his first career 250 Supercross win. Uh, rounding out the top 10 for the 
250 Supercross main event was Garrett Marchbanks won. Marchbanks won. Chase Sexton finished second. Jeremy Martin joined them two on the podium, finishing third. Fourth was R.J. Hampshire. Shane McElrath was fifth. Pierce Brown was sixth. Joe Shimoda was seventh. Enzo Lopez was eighth. Jalex Wall was ninth. And Cedric Sibiraz, uh, Sobiraz, or it's S-O-U-B-E-Y-R-A-S. Um, pronounce it for yourselves. It's Soboyas. Soboyas. I don't know. Anyway, he finished 10th in the event. Um, the points uh, in the division, the top 10 in points for the 250 Supercross East is Dylan Ferrandez. Uh, is first, Justin Cooper second, Austin Forkner's third, Brandon Hartentramp is fourth, Chase Sexton is fifth, Alex Martin sixth, Jacob Hayes is seventh, Shane McArath is eighth, Luke Clout is ninth, and Michael Mossiman is tenth. And I actually, I think that might be like the combined points uh, for the East and the West. I don't know why they got it like that. Uh, maybe they're doing it that way. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, anyway, that is the 250 class for this past weekend. Let me move those notes aside. Uh, next up was the 450 class. The big bikes heat race winners were Ken Roxon and Cooper Webb. The last chance qualifier winner was Ryan Brees. Uh, the main event saw Jason Anderson hop out to a whole shot lead over the field of riders, only to be passed by the Honda factory rider, Ken Roxon. Before the first lap was ever completed, Roxon would go on and lead the next 14 circuits before being passed by eventual race winner Eli Tomac with four laps remaining. Tomac ended up picking up his fourth Daytona Supercross win of his career and became the fourth rider to win the Daytona Supercross four times, uh, which is incredible. Um, I did not get to watch the event. I know I said I would, but I didn't. I apologize, but I'm trying to give you the best results I got. Um, the box score in the top 10 for the 450 Supercross main event um, is Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon finishing second on the podium. Cooper, Red was, Cooper Webb was third. Jason Anderson fourth. Justin Barsha was fifth. Aaron Plessinger was sixth. Dean Wilson was seventh. Malcolm Stewart was eighth. Justin Hill was ninth, and Justin Brayton finished 10th. In uh, the season point standings, so after 10 events this year, we got Eli Tomac is in the points lead narrowly over Ken Roxon. He's only got a three-point lead over Ken Roxon. Um, Eli picked up his fifth win here this past weekend at Daytona. Uh, Roxon has three wins. Cooper Webb is third in the points. At 197, uh, and he's real. He's followed closely by Justin Barsha. Has got 195 points. So those top two guys and those next two guys are really tight in the point standings. Uh, fifth is Jason Anderson. Malcolm Stewart sixth. Seventh is Justin Hill. Eighth is Dean Wilson. Ninth is Justin Brayton, and tenth is Adam Cincerillo. And Next up for the Supercross guys, they'll be up the road from me in Indianapolis, Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium for another Triple Crown event on Saturday, March 14th. Of course, next week, Big Dave will definitely have all the results for uh, for Round 11 um, on next week's show. 
And that wraps up the Supercross news for this week. Midget car news. All right, folks. Uh, we had some midget car action last weekend, but uh, one little note, a little news bit here before we start off on that. Max McLaughlin and Jonathan Schaefer will both be driving for Keith Coons Motorsports in some select midget races throughout the year. Um, they didn't name any races or anything, but those two young guys have joined with Keith Coons Motorsports. All right, now let's talk about this fifth annual Shamrock Classic for the NOS Energy USAC National Midget Series. Took place this past Saturday in the Southern Illinois Center in Duquoin, Illinois. Uh, We had 36 cars entered in the night's events. Pretty good count for the midget cars. The heat race winners were Tanner Carrick, Tyler Courtney, Cannon McIntosh, Buddy Kofoid, Ace McCarth, and Dason Pursley. The qualifier race winners were Kenan McIntosh, Buddy Kofoid, Brady Bacon, and Jake Newman. Uh, the B-Main winners were won by Kyle Simon and Trey Group. The 50-lap main event saw three lead changes among three different leaders. 15th starting Tanner Thorson stormed to the front of the field and took the lead from Chris Windham on the 35th lap and went on to take the win in the $5,000 paying USAC midget event. The rest of the finishing order was Tyler Thomas, Chris Windham, Robert Darby, Kyle Simon, Cole Bodine, Buddy Kofoid, Tanner Carrick, Dason Pursley, Trey Robb, Kevin Thomas Jr., Kendall Rubble, uh, Ace McCarthy, um, let's see here, Justin Grant, Cannon McIntosh, Jake Newman, Brady Bacon, Sam Johnson, Robert Bell, Tyler Courtney, and Trey Group. Uh, Next up for the USAC NOS Energy Drink Midget Series is a visit to Riverside International Speedway in West Memphis, Arkansas for a pair of events that weekend. Uh, and which weekend is that? Let me look real quick. Hang on, folks. Time out. I should tell you the date. If I'm going to tell you the event, I probably just didn't, uh, read it right. April 10th and the 11th, folks. So April 10th and 11th, West Memphis, Arkansas at River National, River International Speedway for the USAC Midget Series next up. And uh, my thoughts on that race. I really don't have a lot of thoughts. Uh, Good to see the Shamrock Classic still going on strong. Um, And, yeah, nice to see uh, Tanner Thorson, man. He was in a bad wreck a couple years ago, pulling a trailer in a race car, caught fire, hospital for a while. Um, So, yeah, he he run really good at the Chili Bowl. Uh, in January and stuff, and it seems like he he's still doing good indoors. And to come from 15th to first uh, in 35 laps, I wish I would have seen that one in person. Uh, so yeah, that kind of wraps up the midget car news for this week. NHRA news. Really don't have uh, any NHRA news, but I did want to give you all a heads up that don't forget the. Uh, Amelie Motor Oil Gator Nationals is this weekend in Gainesville, Florida for the third event of this year's Mellow Yellow NHRA Drag Racing Series. So don't forget, I think that is on Fox Sports 1. Not 100% sure, but try to tune in that event, third event of the year. Uh, and I will have all those results for you folks next week's show. 
And that wraps up the NHRA news. Pavement late models. Alright folks, I do have a little pavement late model news. Um, some sad news starting off. Long time late model championship winning competitor David Rogers passed away Sunday morning March 8th after a year long battle of cancer. He was age 64. Uh, he was the man in late models. Uh, he won a ton of championships at New Smyrna Speedway. Um, he made several several starts in a row to Snowball Derby. Um, he was always he was a fixture down in the south southeast uh, late model competitor. Um, he and he actually last drove on February twelfth at New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, that was his last race. Um, he get, he was given a clean bill of health and stuff, uh, and he went for a checkup, I guess, over the weekend, or he's admitted to the hospital and he ended up passing away on, on Sunday. So that's sad. Uh, thoughts and prayers are out with David Rogers' family, his friends, his competitors, um, all those with the loss of David Rogers. He's a really good, uh, really good guy at the late model track, um, and a good person, uh, all together. So... Thoughts and prayers uh, with that family and the sad time. Okay, next up, uh, just wanted to make note, uh, 15-year-old Jake Garcia won the Alabama 200 Pro Late Model race at Montgomery Motor Speedway on Saturday night, March the 7th. He spun with 28 laps to go, but managed to stay on the lead lap, and he took his last set of tires and marched through the field to pick up his first major late model win in his young career. Uh, Jake actually got his learner's permit last week, earlier in the week, uh, and now he's winning big, big late model shows, so that's pretty cool. Um, he also finished uh, second in last year's Snowball Derby uh, down in Pensacola, Florida at Flat Five Flag Speedway. So um, Jake is a young talent. Looks like he's coming on up. Uh, I do want to note that Ricky Turner, uh, and there's a few crew guys that actually uh, – they helped out uh, uh, Chase Elliott when he was coming up in the late model ranks. Ranks. Uh, Ricky Turner was huge and instrumental in Chase Elliott's success in the in the super late model division and pro late models uh, as he was growing up when he was you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. Uh, and Ricky Turner has had a knack for these young drivers. Uh, he's actually helped out uh, Chandler Smith, uh, the young man that won at uh, Phoenix this last weekend in the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, Chandler uh, actually raced under Ricky Turner for uh, for a year or so. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and won a lot of races in late models and stuff. So Ricky Turner, uh, he is a former Snowball Derby winner. Uh, himself as a driver but man he is one heck of a crew chief in the in the pavement late models and probably one of the best so it looks like he's got another young driver uh that's gonna make his climb up through the ranks and stuff but yeah i thought that was pretty cool alabama 200 pro late model winner and uh chase elliott was also a winner of that alabama 200 uh back in the day when he was running late models so uh pretty cool and uh we'll try to follow along with his career as he goes along uh, and that wraps up the pavement late model news, guys. Dirt late model news. All right, folks, in this week's dirt late model news, 
The Morton Buildings World of Outlaw Late Model Series is back in action over the past weekend, with the first stop being Duck River Raceway Park in Wheel, Tennessee on Friday night, March the 6th. 33 cars entered in the night's events. The fast qualifier was Ashton Winger with a lap of 11.994 seconds. The heat race winners was Dennis Herb Jr., Josh Richards, Chris Madden, and Brandon Overton. The B-Main winners were Ashton Winger and Eric Hickerson. The 50-lap main event saw Shinston, West Virginia driver Josh Richards pick up his 77th career World of All Late Model Series win uh, by passing Dennis Herb Jr. on the 16th lap to go on and lead the rest of the race to win the event. The win was worth $10,000. Richards was followed by uh, Brandon Overton, Dennis Herb Jr., Brandon Shepard, Cade Dillard, Mason Ziegler, Josh Putnam, Ricky Weiss, Chris Madden, and Chase Younghands. Uh, yeah, Josh Richards, uh, just of note, he drives for uh, Clint Boyer, NASCAR star Clint Boyer. So I'm sure Clint was pretty happy about that win over the weekend. All right, next up, we got the second night at the World of Outlaw Late Model Action. Saw so a visit to Smoky Mountain Speedway in Maryville, Tennessee on Saturday, March the 7th. 34 cars entered the night's events. Fast qualifier was Josh Richards with a lap of 15.839 seconds. The heat race winners were Brandon Shepard, Mike Marler, Daryl Anigan, and Chris Madden. The B-Main winners were Dakota Knuckles and Mason Ziegler. The 60-lap main event saw Winfield, Tennessee's Mike Marler pick up the win in a $12,000 payday. Marler would slip past race leader Ricky Weiss with three laps to go and pick up his eighth career World of Outlaw Late Model Series win. Marler is followed across the line by Ricky Weiss, Josh Richards, Brandon Shepard, Donald McIntosh, Mason Ziegler, Dale McDowell, Jimmy Owens, Chase Younghands, and Corey Hedgecock. Next up for the World of Outlaw Late Model Series is a pair of events on March 27th and 28th. The Friday night event will be at Volunteer Speedway in Bulls Gap, Tennessee, with a Saturday night visit being Cherokee Speedway in Gaffney, South Carolina. And that wraps up this week's Dirt Late Model News. NASCAR Cup Series. Alright folks, let's talk about some NASCAR Cup Series news. Um, starting off on this week's news, the 43rd Annual Bush Clash will move from the Daytona High Banks to the Daytona Road Course that the IMSA cars use for the Rolex 24. The course is 12 turns and 3.56 miles. Uh, the race will be on Tuesday, February 9th under the lights. Uh, part of this move is to get it's the speed week schedule in the one week. Um, I don't have it, it's not been officially officially announced, but so from my understand, they're gonna have like practice and stuff on Monday, uh, Tuesday. Uh, they're gonna have the Bush Clash Tuesday night. Wednesday, you're gonna have Daytona 500 uh, pole qualifying, uh, and then Thursday they're gonna run the 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 dual races like they normally do. And then, you know, run into the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday Cup, Saturday Xfinity, or Friday Trucks, Saturday Xfinity, Sunday the Daytona 500. Um, would I think about that? Uh, I don't know. Um, I really don't have any thoughts on that. 
uh, for scheduling, I mean, why not condense it all into one week instead of spreading it out in two weeks? Now, with that, uh, I know that a lot of these uh, Dirt Lake models and, and all these other series and stuff run a couple weeks down there in Florida. Uh, they'd always run that first week, kind of when NASCAR was getting down there and, and ARCA and all that stuff, and then and then they would run that that next week, uh, too, leading up to the Daytona 500 and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I doubt that will have effect on those guys, but uh, I, I I would assume the ARCA will still run the weekend before uh, the Cup guys get down there, unless they decide to join them down there uh in daytona uh that that same week uh but i would i don't know that's just interesting um like i said monday tuesday wednesday that'd be one hell of a week uh for a race fan like myself not having to wait around for something a few days in between this and that and stuff like that and i i think uh one of the main reasons they're doing it is just to kind of cut back on the travel schedule and stuff for all the road crew guys and stuff like that because they kind of go down there for the bush clash weekend and then they go home for a few days and then they have to go back down for the rest of the week and stuff like that on thursday for the duels and stuff like that so you know this kind of condenses is where they don't have to all go down and but they just gotta go down for one week you know um instead of back and forth back and forth stuff so, yeah, I, I really don't have a problem with them doing that. I, I really don't. I mean, it kind of makes sense just to condense it like that to me, uh, logistical standpoint and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not, I like it. And, and I'll tell you what, that, that Bush Clash, I know I kind of changed the, the topic there, but the Bush Clash on that road course I think is incredible. I think it's awesome. Now, I don't know for sure but I think they're going to run the old Gen 6 cars for that Bush Clash event. So I think they're going to run the, the cars that they're running this year for that event next year uh, in February. Um, not sure my thoughts on that. Uh, I kind of see it, it. I don't know. I kind of like to see those new cars out there right away and stuff. The, the new next-gen car and stuff. But... Uh, I could see the cup owner saying, "Hey, you know, we got some cars we can junk. We really don't care if we do or not. We're not. We don't have to fix them or not." Uh, and I would say that they'll probably run that Gen Six car for that event. Uh, another reason being is is the parts and pieces and stuff will probably be scarce because you're not only got like it's not like just a manufacturer change itself. It's going to be the whole new car. I mean. So parts will be at a premium uh, starting off the season next year. Even if these vendors and stuff try to get a stockpile and stuff, um, I, I still think, you know, I'm fine with it being a Gen 6 car. Would I like to see them run the next gen car? Yeah, but I understand why they run the older car for, for the Bush Clash event. It's an exhibition and stuff and, and you know, whatnot. But I really think it would be cool uh and think about it, the the Daytona road course, I mean, it really is it, kind of like uh, the roll, uh, per se. They use pretty much a lot of the the majority of the high banks, the speedway. They, they go in to turn, you know, like I said, it's kind of like the Charlotte Roval, you know, where they go in the, the tri-oval and then they turn in, go into the infield and stuff, then they work their way back out 
onto the track uh and and run you know pretty much turn one two go have a bus stop in the back section then they get back on and come around and stuff so yeah it's kind of like the what the roval will be but uh i I like this daytona road course always have uh and i think it'll be interesting and and uh, i think it'll be a good event and and honestly you know a lot of people's giving guff and stuff like that about it not being on the high banks and stuff but i tell you what this year's Bush Clash was a joke. I said it was a joke. There was only six cars that finished the event. Uh, if I was an owner, you know, I would by far rather run on a road course than than the Super Speedway event or uh, yeah, Super Speedway event because stuff gets tore up a lot worse on a Super. You know, somebody argued with me on Twitter about that. There, yeah, I think it was on Twitter. They're like. Oh well, you don't think their repair bill would be high on a road course event? I'm like, yeah, you know, I I highly doubt that the the repair bill for a a, a road course event. He he was noting the Charlotte Roval race. I'm like, man, 43 cars at the Charlotte Roval. I bet the repair bill for that race last year is nowhere near the repair bill. For the cup guys, the 18 cars or 20 car, the 18 cars they had participate in the super speedway event, the Bush Clash this year. Um, I guarantee it because there was a lot of cars that went to the graveyard after that race. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's too much money and it's too much of a shit show, honestly, um, in that clash this year. I mean, I'm fine with changing it up, man. Put it on the road course. It's gonna be at night. It's a it's it's a great course. Um, I think it'll be really cool. It'd be kind of see cool, kind of be cool to see the stock cars run the road course at Daytona, you know. And that's another road course event, which they all seem to be putting on pretty good shows. So why not do it? Anyway, enough of the Bush Clash stuff. I'm sorry, I got into a big old tangent there. Anyway, uh, Motor Trend Magazine is sponsoring the Go Fast Racing number 32 Ford Mustang at Corey LaJoy. Uh, they sponsored him last weekend at Phoenix Raceway. I hate this. Some of these announcements come out right before the race, and, and I do my show on Tuesday, uh, record on Monday, uh, and it's just like I can't get that news. You know, they announce it after I do my show note, my show. So, anyway, uh, Brad Keselowski denies retirement rumors and continues contract renewal talks with Team Prinsky. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This one's interesting because, you know, I can almost see Brad retiring. I mean, he's kind of struggled here the last few years and stuff. Uh, I forget how old he is. I think he's almost 40 or, or whatnot, you know. Um, he's been here a while. He's won a championship. Uh, he has not won a Daytona 500, I don't think, but he's won a lot of other big races uh, in the sport. Um, he's got a you know a couple couple daughters, I think, or or he's got one and got another on the way. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, you know he he did mention he's he's on a good team right now, but I'm just I'm just gonna throw this out there for you folks, and I don't know this might be way off. But uh, if Brad don't sign with Team Penske, I'm not quite sure he'll retire. 
I actually think he might kind of reunite with a team that he had connections with when he first got into the sport. And I think he might go to Hendrick Motorsports. I'm just saying, you know, that 48 car is going to be open next year. And could we see Brad go to that ride? Because that's the big if. You know, I don't think Bowman's going anywhere because he just picked up a win at California and he has one for Rick. And, you know, if you're winning for Rick, I think, you know, and the sponsors like you, I think he keeps you around. Chase Elliott by far won't go anywhere. Uh, You know, I think he'll, you know, race for Hendrick. I think he'll be like Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and run their whole and and run his whole entire career with uh, uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Byron is a kind of a question mark. Um, you know, he's young. He hasn't won on a, won a points race and stuff. Um, I don't see him really going anywhere either because Rick thinks highly of him. I know Chad Canals does. But, you know, when Jimmy retires after the year, that opens up the number 48 ride. And who's going to go that? I, I mentioned maybe Kyle Larson. Maybe. Uh, will he go from Chip Ganassi to Hendrick Motorsports in the 48? Um, I don't know, but that 48 is going to have big shoes to fill. And maybe see Brad Keselowski join that team. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if he'll go with Team Penske again or not, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, also, let's see here. Um, Ryan Blaney <laughs> re-signed a multi-year deal with Team Penske. Uh, Roger's a smart guy. Um, why not keep Ryan there? I think he's a little too aggressive at times early in the run and stuff, but he, I mean, he's gotten bit by the bad luck, bad luck bug, uh, I think every race this year, um, he's, he's run really good at all the events and stuff. So, but yeah, I think, I think Brad's, Brad's definitely a, a guy you need to keep around at Team Penske. He's young. And he can provide you many more wins as the years go on. So, yeah, uh, I could see him staying there. Now, if Brad leaves, does Ryan go to the two car? Because Brad drove the 12 car for a couple seasons. And then whenever Kurt Busch left, he went to the two car and then made a career for himself. So, do we see possibly Ryan Blaney move to the two car? If Brad leaves, I don't know. This is all speculation. I'm just throwing this out there for you folks. Something that y'all can gnaw on over the week and maybe comment and send me messages or whatever. Uh, you can email me at BigDavesRacingPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can comment on the shows in the description and stuff. I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that that's – I'm just – Man, I'm always thinking about these things, and that's just some stuff that's running through my head right now, um, among other things. And uh, this was really, really, really cool. Ryan Newman showed up at Phoenix Raceway last weekend uh, to support uh, the Roush Fenway teams. He says, "Great, it's great to be alive, which uh, I'm for sure he, <laughs> he can't be more happier than being alive right now, but... That's really cool. He showed up at the track to support the teams. He said, you know, he gives him a chance to, to see the teams, the 17 and 16, work 
together and how they work together and kind of gives him a little bit different perspective and stuff. But he said he's feeling great and there there is no timetable for his return and stuff. Uh, So I don't know. Will he be Atlanta this weekend? I haven't seen the entry list for this weekend, so we don't know if it'll be Ross Chastain again, who's drove the car last three races, or if Ryan will be back in the car this weekend in Atlanta. Um, not sure, uh, but yeah, I don't know because they haven't really discussed his injuries or anything like that. So, uh, besides it being a head injury, nobody really knows the extent of it except for I'm sure, you know, Ryan, the family, and doctors and team owners and stuff. But uh, nothing's been publicly announced yet on that front so uh but cool to see ryan at the track i did see a picture that Corey lajoy tweeted over the weekend and it was a picture of him and ryan blaney uh with ryan newman uh them three were involved in that whole nasty uh wreck at daytona so good to see them three together smiling uh, and stuff like that so yeah, so very cool to have Ryan, uh, uh, Ryan Newman there to track this last weekend. Now, since I'm done yakking about, oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. So next-gen car, I'm going to talk about it. Uh, you know, last week it was the whole uh, single lug. Uh, they're going to go with an 18-inch. So last week... Uh, Hang on a second. Hang on. Let me let me think. I'm going back a couple minutes here. Da, 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 da. I don't know if the wheel lug was announced last week <clears throat> for last week's show. I can't remember. But anyway, Wood and Byron tested the next gen car last uh, Monday, Tuesday at uh, California Speedway. Uh, it is the third prototype that they've uh, come with uh, the NASCAR next gen car, and supposedly it's the one they're going to race next year. Uh, provided you know a little bit of different noses for the manufacturers and stuff. Uh, so the the known things we know is they are going to be a sequential shifter next year, which will be really cool on road courses. I'm sure those guys will eat that up and probably get quicker on road courses. Um, they're going to an 18-inch wheel, all aluminum, forged, forged all aluminum wheel, and it will be a one single lug nut uh, to hold the wheel onto the hub. Um, there's argument and stuff about that amongst me and my buddies, Chad, Doug, Scott. Uh, I know I mentioned them before. I mentioned them again. Um, they're arguing with me over the single lug thing. I'm like, look, pit stops ain't going to change. They, you know, they're not, it's just going to be, they're going to hit one big lug instead of five little ones. Uh, for the safety standpoint, they said that the, the, the five lugs on a forged aluminum wheel was not as strong as a single lug. It's 30% stronger, more safe. So I say go with your safer option. Um, a lot of sports run single lug. IMSA, IndyCar, Formula One. Uh, even sprint cars, a lot of people don't realize that sprints, midgets, they all have single lug rear wheels that they use. So it's not uncommon, but it is in common in stock car racing. But Hey, you know what? Times are changing. Get over it. Um, 
so yeah, they're doing that, and they'll have a shorter spoiler, and a few other things. I, I forget all the stuff that was announced. Uh, but yeah, uh, they say the car is doing good, it performed well. Uh, of no, and I'm going to make this, of all the drivers that's tested this new-gen car, next-gen car, uh, they've all said that they are very, very sensitive. Like, there is no, like, in the middle of, like, once you cross that line, it's like there is no wiggle room to try to catch it. You know, they're saying... They snap, they snap hard, and it's hard to correct that. So, pretty much what I'm trying to say is every driver said the car is really, uh, drives good, but, you know, if they cross that line, <laughs> it's too late. Uh, and I, they say it's basically because of the, the le- uh, less side force on the cars and stuff. It's harder to catch the car if you're starting to lose it. Um, which is a good thing, I think. Um, be really interesting to see what these guys do. Uh, there's going to be a next gen test after this weekend in Atlanta. Um, there, the driver hasn't been announced yet. Uh, not sure who it's going to be yet. Um, and maybe a second car there. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be more this week on it. Uh, after this show, obviously. So yeah, the next gen stuff, single lug, bring it on. I don't care. It's not going to change anything. I'm kind of used to it because the Formula One. I watch so much Formula One, Indy car, stuff like that. They sing IMSA cars. It's all single lugs. You know, to me, it's no big deal. Uh, to others, they kind of get butt hurt over it. But you know what? Be like Kyle Busch. I don't care. Be butt hurt. Um. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. So now I'm going to get to the race. Finally get to the race. I'm sorry, folks. I've, I've been going on about this NASCAR stuff and all that. But I'm trying to tell you how I feel about things. And hope you all understand that. So, as we all know, the Cup Series raced yesterday, Sunday, March the 8th. Uh, an annual Fan Shield 500K. 500 kilometers, folks. So it was... Uh, at Phoenix Raceway, obviously, Avondale, Arizona, one-mile paved track. Uh, the race length was 316 miles, which is 500K. Um, so, yeah, so the race was 3 hours, 20 minutes, and 50 seconds long. The average speed was 94.407 miles an hour, and the margin of victory was only 2.276 seconds. Uh, there were seven. Uh, there's 12 caution flags for 73 laps almost a third of the race was run under caution that's crazy uh 20 lead changes among seven drivers the bush poe award winner was chase elliott uh at 138.116 miles an hour the sunoco rookie of the race was cole custer and a number 41 haas automation stuart haas ford mustang um so yeah uh, I'm not a huge fan of him, but, you know, Joel Agana won the Fan Shield 500 at Phoenix Raceway. It's his 25th cup victory um, in his career and his second win of the season. He won at Las Vegas a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, 
So, finishing order, Joey Gano finished first, Kevin Harvick was second, third was Kyle Busch, fourth was Kyle Larson, fifth was Clint Boyer, sixth was Kurt Busch, seventh was Chase Elliott, eighth was Eric Almarillo, ninth was the highest finishing rookie, Cole Custer, William Byron was tenth, Brad Keselowski was eleventh, twelfth was Jimmy Johnson, thirteenth was Matt Devendetta, Matty D., uh, 14th, Alex Bowman, 15th, Ty Dillon, 16th, Michael McDowell, 17th, Chris Busher, 18th was Ryan Priest, 19th, Bubba Wallace, 20th, Denny Hamlin, 21st, Daniel Suarez, 22nd, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 23rd, Ross Chastain, 24th, Christopher Bell, 25th, John Hunter Nemechek, 26th, J.J. Yelly, 27th, Corey LaJoy, 28th, Eric Jones, 29th, Joey Gase, 30th, Reed Sorensen, 31st, Brennan Poole, 32nd, Martin Truex Jr., 34th, Tyler Reddick, 30, uh, 33rd was Tyler Reddick, 34th was Quinn Half, uh, 35th, Garrett Smithley, 36th was Austin Dillon, 37th was Ryan Blaney, and 38th, and rounding out the field, was Timmy Hill. So, the lap leaders were Joey Logano led three times for 60 laps, four times for Kevin Harvick. He led 67 laps. Uh, Larson led once for two laps. Chase Elliott led six times for 93 laps, the race high. Uh, Four times uh, and 82 laps for Mr. Keselowski. Chris Buescher led once for one lap. And Martin Truex Jr. led twice for 11 laps. Um, so I did watch this, well, I watched mm, three quarters of this race, so my way back from camping, but I was listening to it on my way home. Uh, so yeah, Chase Elliott started on the pole, uh, really, really good Unifirst Chevrolet Camaro he had yesterday. Uh, he got bit by the, uh, loose wheel bug and had to come in and pit under green lost a lap uh made it all the way back up to the uh at the end of the stage he he finished second the first stage uh and uh kevin harvick won the first stage chase finished second in this stage had the loose wheel during the second stage um come back Got the lucky dog and worked his way up from 29th to 7th. Elliott had another good car yesterday. Led the most laps. I think he's led the most laps on the season. Um, did get a 7th place out of it. Just track position and stuff. Kind of tough on him. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. had a bad, bad deal. He got hit by... Um, who was that? Let me see here. It was, hang on, folks. Give me a second here. I'm looking at it here. Uh, yeah, it was an incident between the, um, uh, Johnson and Amarello and him, and he smacked the wall hard, broke, a, broke the right front, um, upper or lower or something on the car uh he had a rough one tyler reddick really run good in the race yesterday uh he finished in the top 10 in both the stages uh but man just unfortunate he had an issue there at the end of the race 
um, ended up finishing uh, 33rd. But he was, uh, and I'm just going to say, Tyler has been the best running rookie most of the year. Uh, I know it's only four four races uh, old, but Tyler has really come on. And, and I mean, I really thought he was going to be tough as it was as a rookie. Um, Harvey kind of was on and off yesterday. Uh, Logano kind of, man, he kind of got lucky. Got the tires at the right time and stayed out at the right time and was able to sneak out there and get the win. Um, Kyle Busch was sneaking up there at the end. Uh, Brad Keselowski was involved in a wreck uh, that took out uh, Ryan Blaney at the beginning of the race. And he was involved in the wreck with, uh, it was uh, Ryan Blaney and, and Denny Hamlin. Uh, so yeah, that, that, uh, that knocked out Blaney. Hamlin continued. Kozlowski got damaged, but he ended up winning the second stage, uh, which was kind of crazy with the damage he had on the car. He ended up finishing 11th. Um, some of the nobles of the race, Byron was, uh, Custer was 9th. Matty D with the top 15. That was cool. Tyler Dillon with the top 15. Um, uh, Bubba Wallace had a top 20. Um, Chastain filling in for Newman, finished 23rd. Um, yeah, it, it was it was kind of a... I, I have to say that the rules package, they went back to the shorter spoiler, the like quarter-inch front, uh, front splitter and stuff. I really think that that was a good call by NASCAR. The race was a heck of a lot better. Um at Phoenix, um, this race, and it was, I think, both races last year. Um, yeah, hang on just a second. <coughs> Sorry, I'm fighting a cold. I don't know if you can tell my voice or anything, but, yeah, um, I think the rules package was, was, was heck of a lot better, uh, at this short track event. It was the first short track event with the, the rules package, and it's kind of like the same package he'd run in 2018, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some passing going on, some lead changes. Um, you know, I think the overall competition was just a lot better. Uh, and yesterday was a huge race for these guys because it was kind of a uh, a test session for them as well. Because uh, you know the the season ending race is going to be at Phoenix uh, in November, and it will be. The final race of the year, it will be the championship race. So there will be four drivers battling for the championship at uh, pretty much a short track in Phoenix Raceway. So um, if if the racing we saw yesterday is a precursor to what we could see in a championship event uh, in November, I think it's going to be a huge race in November. Um and honestly, I really think that they should probably switch up the the championship race uh, at some different tracks every year. That's just my opinion. Um, I think Phoenix is a good venue, but man, another venue I think would be cool uh, is say the Charlotte Roval. Um, also, uh, I think uh, another another one would be uh, uh, Martinsville. But you got to think about the weather in November as well. Um, that's kind of where why they always kind of finish like in Daytona. But they used to finish in Atlanta, you know, 
in November. I mean, when I was growing up as a, a kid, uh, I, I remember it used to always finish in Atlanta. Uh, and then it switched uh, from Atlanta to Homestead Miami Speedway. So, yeah, um, I thought it was overall a good race. Um, could there have been better? Yeah, I think so. I think track position still was a big thing in the race yesterday because I'd have to say that I know he didn't win the race, and I'm a Chase Elliott fan, but I have to say he had probably the best car again yesterday. Just after that incident, it's so hard to pass at that track. Uh, um, And and then uh, so I I think that he, he could have probably won yesterday. Uh, but the track position there at the end, it is kind of hard to pass. But I will say Goodyear took a softer tire there. They wore. The tires did fall off, so that was really cool. Good to see. I have to say the first four races this year, Good Goodyear has hit it on, hit the nail on the head with the tire selection so far. Uh, they've been incredible. Uh, Got to give Goodyear kudos, and hopefully they keep on making that right decision for every race this year because – uh, I think the tires has really helped the racing this year. Uh, and I do think the racing this year is better than it was last year. So, yeah, um, I will wrap up uh, the NASCAR stuff. I'm going to read the standings here uh, after four races. So I'm just going to read the top ten. And we've got Kevin Harvick has now got the point lead. Uh, one point over Joey Logano. Uh, 20 points over Chase Elliott. Fourth is Alex Bowman. Fifth is Jimmy Johnson. Ryan Blaney, sixth, who had the point lead going into the race. That terrible finish knocked him down uh, five spots. Uh, Kyle Larson finished seventh, or is in seventh uh, position in the points. Eric Almarella is eighth. Matty D is ninth in the points. Brad Keselowski rounds up the top ten in points. Now, this is just the points. I'm not doing that whole... Uh, who's in, who's out crap with all these wins and stuff, or who's locked in the chase and all, or into the cha- the playoff stuff. I'm not going to do that. We're just going to read points. We'll start talking about that when it becomes uh, relevant. Uh, but right now, that's, that's your top ten in the point standings. And this weekend, Sunday, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 race. And we're not talking 500K. We're talking 500 miles Atlanta Motor Speedway, wore out track, abusive on the tires. It should be a good one. I hope you folks tune in. And that wraps up the NASCAR news for the week. All right, folks, in this week's Sprint Car News, I did have uh, oh, an event I thought I'd mention here. Uh, Rudine Racing's Corey Eliason won the wing Sprint Car opener at Port, Port Royal Speedway in Port Royal, Pennsylvania on Sunday. The win was worth $5,000. The rest of the top ten was Brent Marks, Logan Wagner, Lance DeWeese, Anthony Macri, Freddie Raymer, Linton Jeffrey, Blaine Heimbach, Dylan Sisney, and Jeff Miller. Uh, yeah, Port Royal is a big track out in Pennsylvania. Uh, they run a ton of sprint car events throughout the year so they just had their opener and Corey Eliason got the win um and that kind of wraps up this week's sprint car news
Sprint Car News, NASCAR, Gander, RV, and Outdoor Truck Series. All right, folks, it's time for some NASCAR Truck Series news. Uh, Chandler Smith, who I mentioned won that ARCA race out of Phoenix earlier uh, this past weekend, uh, will compete in eight races for KBM Kyle Busch Motorsports in the Truck Series, driving a number 51 Toyota Tundra with sponsorship from JBL Audio. Next up, Jeb Burton has teamed up with Nice Motorsports to run two races this season in the trucks. Uh, he is slated to race Atlanta Motor Speedway this coming weekend and Michigan International Speedway with the support of State Water Heaters and Alsco. Next up, it looks like Billy Blue Motorsports, James Finch, and Richie Waters are putting together a truck ride for NASCAR star Eric Jones to go after the $100,000 bounty put on Kyle Busch. And they will compete together at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, this is the same race that uh, Kyle Larson is going to be competing in. So it looks like Kyle will have two to worry. Uh, Kyle Busch will have two, two guys, couple guys to worry about at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, next up, uh, we have Orion Cooker will sponsor Spencer Boyd in the number 20 Young Motorsports Chevrolet Silverado this week in Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, next up, uh, NASCAR is placing a limit on truck teams using the Ilmore engine. Uh, 3,000 miles for engine assembly components will have to be replaced after that much use. Um, yeah, so... This is an interesting tidbit here. Uh, I thought it's worth uh, mentioning here. So the Arca series, they run an Ilmore engine. It's a spec racing engine out of Ilmore. Uh, I think they're out of Indianapolis. Um, a good a good quality solid engine and stuff. Uh, you can buy a motor for like I think thirty thousand dollars, and you can race it for. I know in the Arca series, they say you can run them. For thousands of miles and stuff uh and then uh the truck series runs a similar ilmore engine it's not exactly the same thing the arca runs but it's a similar engine uh and nascar is now placing these limits uh i think they might be doing this because uh they saw a rash of truck engine issues last year uh out of the ilmore engine camp uh, and I'm only speculating here when I say this is I, I think it might be due to uh, guys trying to put too much wear and tear on these engines. Uh, I know Thor Sport had a terrible time with these Ilmore engines last year. And pretty much everybody, I think about everybody runs them in the field anymore because if you run a regular NASCAR engine, truck series engine, uh, say the Ford or the R07 Chevy or something like that, uh you're just kind of at a disadvantage uh the power band and what you get if you run the spec engine compared to what you don't get uh, there's more positives and pros to run the Elmore engine than it is to run an actual you know manufacturer engine in the truck so um yeah pretty much everybody's running the Elmore, even like kyle bush motorsports the big team store sport you know they all run the the uh at GMS, they all run the, the Ilmore engines and stuff. So, uh, interesting uh, to see them make that announcement. But, 
Um, I have a feeling that uh, it, it'll be good. And, and a lot of the, their races are only 200 miles or so. So say they put, you know, 300 miles in, on an engine every weekend, you know, with 100 miles in practice and 200 in the event or whatnot. Uh, so you can pretty much still run an engine for about half the season or 10 of the events in the truck series. So enough rambling on about that Elmore engine deal. Uh, let's get to the good stuff here. Uh, this weekend is the first bounty race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And Chase Elliott uh, will be driving the GMS Racing number 24 Hooters Chevrolet Silverado. Uh, and he'll be the first cup driver to take a shot at the $100,000 bounty to beat Kyle Busch. And it'll be on this Saturday at 1.30 p.m., uh and it'll be the georgia 200 so if you can you better tune into that race um i'm a chase elliott fan i'll come out and say it i know i'm a racing guy and a, and a podcast broadcaster and stuff you're not supposed to show favoritism or anything like that but i do like chase elliott bill i was always a bill elliott fan so if you don't like that get over it don't listen to my show uh but i'm just gonna be straightforward with you i'm a chase elliott fan so i'm gonna be rooting for him hard this weekend um so yeah uh and that truck series will be a double header on saturday with the xfinity series i know i haven't talked about that uh series yet but it will be a double header truck series will be running at 1 30 uh the xfinity series will be running at four o'clock on saturday afternoon uh and with that um we'll find out next week if chase beats kyle bush and gets the hundred thousand dollar bounty I hope he does, but uh, I have all those, uh, all that news and results and stuff. We'll talk about it next week. IndyCar news. All right, folks. Um, in this week's IndyCar news, uh, first off, the uh, NTT IndyCar series doesn't expect their schedule to be affected by the coronavirus. So at the time being, um, it is playing a little havoc with the F1. Uh, calendar and stuff and i know moto gp's been canceling events and and stuff like that but ntt indycar series says right now they they seem to be uh okay and don't seem to be affecting anything uh this is a big one here jimmy johnson who is retiring from nascar after this year will be hopping in an indycar on april 6th for a test at barber motorsports park with Aero McLaren SP Motorsports and a Delara Chevrolet. And I have heard that they have gotten the number, acquired the number 48 uh, for that car uh, through, um, I think it was, I'm trying to, Dry Rainbow Racing had the number 48. Uh, and apparently McLaren, uh, Aero McLaren has acquired the number 48 number for Jimmy Johnson and his IndyCar. So, Jimmy has expressed an interest in uh, running some IndyCar races. Um, could we see it this year? I don't know. I'm not sure about the schedule and stuff. Uh, Barber Motorsports Park. Um, he's talked in, in specifically running road course races for IndyCars. Um, he hasn't really mentioned doing the Indy 500 or anything like that, any ovals or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so shows uh, that I think that's awesome 
to see him uh, getting an Indy car. Can't wait for that test session. I'm sure there's going to be tons of pictures, tons of talk and stuff like that. And uh, Big Dave will definitely have all that for you when it comes around. But, yes, uh, very, very excited to see Jimmy Johnson in an Indy car. I think he will do well in an Indy car. I think he's just a well-seasoned driver. So cool to, cool to hear that announcement. And I know he got fitted for uh, his seat last week at Arrow uh, McLaren uh, Motorsports uh, at their shop. So, yeah, cool deal. Uh, and then let's wrap this up by saying the NTT IndyCar Series opens their season this weekend with the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg on March 15th at 3.30 p.m. on NBCSN. Joseph Newgarden is the, day, is the defending race winner of this event. Um, so, yeah, with uh, IndyCar running at 3.30 and NASCAR running on Sunday, uh, it looks like Big Dave will be using picture-in-picture picture on his TV uh, to watch both the IndyCar and NASCAR race. I will definitely, one goes commercial, I'll be watching the other. So, um, primarily NASCAR race, but I will keep an eye on the IndyCar race um, after I watch a Formula 1 race that morning. So, IndyCar opens up their season this weekend, so that's exciting. It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top and the opener at St. Petersburg, and that wraps up this week's IndyCar news. NASCAR Xfinity Series. All right, folks, let's talk about some Xfinity Series news from this past week, then we'll get into the racing at uh, Phoenix last weekend. So this is, I think, the biggest one starting right off the bat here. Tony Stewart has announced he will race the Xfinity Series race on the international international indianapolis motor speedway road course on july the 4th i think it's totally friggin awesome i know my buddy doug he'll be excited about it because i know he's a big tony stewart fan uh i think chad will i don't know about scotty i don't know who he likes but anyway uh yeah i'm gonna be a fan of it i'll be excited to watch that that'll be cool to see tony stewart on the road course uh i think one of the main reasons is is you know he said indiana's his home and indianapolis motor speedway is is huge to him and and why not run the xfinity series race there um uh it's fun and i'm surprised since his retirement he's not gotten in and run a uh you know a more xfinity events or or you know maybe even a truck event or or a one-off cup event you know but that's kind of hard to do when you got your own cup team but he does have his own xfinity series team but uh he can definitely uh they can have they definitely have uh only got one full-time team running this year so i'm sure they can come up with a car for tony to drive uh in july at that event and i for one will be watching that event hopefully live um that that day um that'd be really cool i'm excited to see tony back in a race car i know he races sprint cars all the time wing sprint cars and stuff like that but cool to see him back in a stock car all right next up noah gregson the uh, daytona 300 winner um uh, this past february uh he will be driving the plan b sales chevrolet camaro at bristol in april um Echo Park Automotive will sponsor the Xfinity race this weekend in Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, Site One Landscape Supply 
We'll also we'll, we'll be sponsoring Justin Algar in the number seven Chevrolet Camaro for Junior Motorsports in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, so that kind of wraps up the Atlanta stuff, um, the news of stuff. So we'll talk about this Xfinity race that was at uh, um, Phoenix uh, Raceway this past weekend. It was the LS Tractor 200 event on Saturday, March the 7th. Uh, it was at Phoenix Raceway in Avondale, Arizona, one-mile paved track. Uh, total race length was 200 laps for 200 miles. The time of the race was 2 hours, 9 minutes, and 47 seconds. The average speed was 92.462 miles an hour, and the margin of victory was actually pretty big. It was 3.556 seconds. Um, there were 7 caution flags for 45 laps. There's 12 lead changes among 7 drivers. Um, the Let's see here. Kyle Busch sat on the pole. For the event, uh, in a number 54 Twix Cookies and Cream Toyota camera, uh, Toyota Supra, I'm sorry. Uh, he sat on the pole with a speed of 133.983 miles an hour. Um, let's see here. What else we got about this race? The Sunoco rookie of the race was Harrison Burton, which I'll have another little note on that. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about this race. Um, I did not get to see this race. I heard about it. I did kind of try to follow it on Twitter and stuff. But uh, from what it sounds like, uh, there are several good cars. Um, Kyle Busch led the most laps. Um, but yeah, did not get the win. So we'll go through the we'll go through the uh, finishing order and stuff. So, uh, but we'll we'll just go ahead and say this: um, Brandon Jones. Won the LS Tractor 200 at Phoenix Raceway. It's his second victory in a NASCAR Xfinity Series. Um, Brandon Jones drives a Menards Turtle Wax Toyota Supra for Joe Gibbs Racing uh, in a number 19 car. He started in eighth place. He finished first. So that's pretty good. He actually beat Kyle Busch, which is which is huge. Um Let's round out the rest of the uh, finishing order here. So Brandon Jones picked up his second career win. Harrison Burton, uh, last week's winner, uh, finished second in the event. Kyle Busch finished third. Brad Keselowski finished fourth. Good to see those two young guys in front of those two cup veterans. It's really cool. Uh, fifth was Justin Haley. Sixth was Chase Briscoe. Noah Gregson was seventh. Austin Cendrick was eighth. Ross Chastain was ninth. Riley Herbst, another rookie, was in tenth. Ryan Sieg was eleventh. Brandon Brown was twelfth. Justin Algar was thirteenth. Myatt Snyder was fourteenth. Fifteenth was Jeff Green. Sixteenth was Josh Williams. Seventeenth was Michael Annette. Eighteenth was Dylan Bassett. Nineteenth was Brett Moffitt. 20th was B.J. McLeod. Jesse Little was in 21st. 22nd was Alex Labby. 23rd, Timmy Hill. 24th was Chad Fincham. 25th, Ray Black Jr. 26th, David Starr. 27th was Vinnie Miller. 28th was Tommy Joe Martins. 29th was Cody Vanderwall. 30th was Daniel Hemrick. 31st was Joe Graff Jr. 32nd was Joe Nemechek. 33rd was Stephen Light. 34th, Kobe Howard. 35th was Landon Castle. And 36th was Jeremy Clements. 
Solo lap leaders were uh, Brandon Jones led two times for 24 laps. Kyle Busch led three times for a total of uh, race high 78 laps. Brad, Kesel- Brad Keselowski led once for seven laps. Noah Gregson led once for 27 laps. Austin Cedric led once for nine laps. Uh, Ross Chastain finished once for four laps. And Justin Alger led three times for 51 laps. Um, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, Brandon Jones, Harrison Burton, uh, in front of two cup champions, Kyle Busch and Brad Kozlowski at the start finish line. That's pretty darn big, uh, to see those two young guys, probably a combined age of like 18, uh, finish in front of those two cup veterans. That's really cool. like to see that. Um, good for the series to, and, and each, and, and of note, um, the series has seen uh, four four series regulars have won the first four races in the Xfinity Series this year. There hasn't been a cup driver winning Xfinity race this year, which is really cool. Um, I like the limits on that. The NASCAR puts on those guys. It gives these young guys a chance to shine, and boy, they are shining this year. That's for darn sure. Um yeah, like I said, I didn't see the race, but I heard heard it's really good. Uh, Brandon Jones passed Kyle Busch and and uh, for the lead and went on to win. And Harrison Burton got around Busch there at the end to finish second. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, only other notables that kind of stand out. Uh, Brandon Brown finished twelfth. Um, let's see, Ross Chastain finished ninth. You know, that colleague racing team has kind of uh, struggled a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, I know Haley finished fifth, but I kind of figured Ross would uh, be more of an upfront runner every week and stuff, but seems like he's been on the back half of the top 10 or top 15 every week. Uh, I know he's had some issues and stuff, but he's kind of surprised me this year with uh, um, how he hasn't run that great, you know. Um not saying, not talking him down or anything. He's a heck of a good guy, and I know it takes luck and stuff, but uh, I'd like to see that uh, colleague racing team pick up the pace and uh, see Ross Ch- Chastain get up there. I think he's good for the sport uh, in general with his uh, attitude and demeanor and, and just his character and stuff. Uh, it's good to see him up front uh, and good for this. And kind of a, a man. Um, a tough break for Daniel Hamrick. That's two races for Junior Motorsports. He's had struggles. Ended up finishing 30th in the event. Um, hate to see Clements lose an engine. You know, they build their own motors, and they lost an engine after a first lap. Uh, man, um, I really don't know much more about uh, the standouts or anything like that to me. But, uh, yeah, so Brandon Jones picks up the win. Um, and their next race is going to be this Saturday, March 14th at 4 p.m. It'll be the Echo Park 250 uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway, so you guys better tune into that one. It'll be run on after a truck race. Just go ahead and make yourself comfortable on Saturday afternoon. Just plan on being in the house from 1.30 to about oh, 7 o'clock or so, and y'all get to watch two good races uh, and maybe some F1 qualifying in between. You never know. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me but yeah um that wraps up this week's xfinity series race uh news and i will have all the stuff from Atlanta on next week's show oh time out hang on hang on i'm back i'm back hold on <laughs> 
I was going to read you all the points. Because the points are getting interesting here. And the points is pretty tight. So uh, I'll read the top 10 in the point standings at this point uh, in the season after uh, four races. So Harrison Burton, the rookie, it has the points lead with 176 points. Chase Briscoe is second with 173 points. Austin Sendrick is third, and he's 21 points behind uh, Burton. Fourth is Brandon Jones. Fifth is Ross Chastain. I know I said Ross is struggling, but he's fifth in points. That's pretty good. Noah Gregson, sixth. Seventh is Ryan Sieg. Eighth is Justin Haley. Ninth is Justin Algar. And rounding up top ten is Michael Annette right now. And he's 57 markers behind Harrison Burton in first. So that is the top ten in points. And I promise this time this is this is all the Xfinity news for uh, this show. Uh, next week, Atlanta. All right, folks, this is my final thoughts for this week's show. I uh, hope it wasn't too long. I don't know. I just get to talking, folks, and I am kind of was worried about time and stuff, and I'm, I almost feel like this one's going to go over what last week's was. I know it was an hour and 15 minutes, folks, but I'm sorry. I just get to talking and yabbing and jabbering on about racing and stuff, and, you know, it's what I like to do, but... I hope y'all don't get bored. I mean, I don't want to lose fans. I don't have many as it is out there. But, yeah, I, I, I hope y'all enjoy. Um, lots, of, lots of stuff last week. We got lots of stuff coming up this weekend. I'm so excited. Australian uh, Formula One the Grand Prix race. Formula One's firing up. I've been fired up about those guys. Yeah, it's not NASCAR, it's, but man, I love Formula One racing. Um, we got uh, Formula One, we got the Gator Nationals, we got Supercross and Indy, we got all this stuff, NASCAR in Atlanta over the weekend. We got the Bounty Race on Friday night, or on Saturday, uh, Chase Elliott trying to uh, beat Kyle Busch, we got the Formula One Grand Prix. Man, I know I keep on saying it, but boy, I'm just excited. This is a fun time in motorsports right now. Uh, things are getting cranked up, good and hot and heavy, and I'm I'm loving it. Uh, I love watch I love watching all the racing. and I love talking about it too, as you guys can tell, obviously. So, um, with that, uh, Big Dave's Racing Podcast Show will have. All that stuff next week and more. I'm sure there's going to be more next-gen news. And I'm probably going to run that in the ground the rest of the year. Uh, and there's just going to be a ton of other stuff to talk about next week, guys. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, please go out, like uh, like my, my show. Please uh, give it a good review if you can. Um, welcome to the Canadian friends I got up north. Uh... I got some uh, friends up there starting to listen to the show. Um, I appreciate you guys listening along. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, and I hope you like your stickers too. So, yeah. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. I hope you all have a good week. And I look forward to talking to you all next week. <laughs>